<laughs> Welcome to the Song Challenge Season 1. Uh, this is where we are going to... We take a category of song this season. It is 80s New Wave. And uh, we each select 16 songs within the category uh, following a set of criteria that we have set forth for the category. And then we randomize those two song lists and uh, both mine and uh, and hers. And then we put them head to head against each other where we will determine which is the best of the song pairings and pair it down <laughs> through a single elimination bracket. Pardon moi. <laughs> oh, you have things to say. No, I was clearing my throat. <laughs> oh, we have. We'll, we will pair them down through the single el elimination bracket to come up with the best song of that particular genre or category or theme, whatever it is we've come up with. Point is that this is a... That's funny because I feel like I have to burp. <laughs> sympathy burps. <laughs> there you go. I was going to just cut that little blurb out, but now you made it about sympathy yeah. burps, so well, that's if, going to... If we both burp, then we'll yeah. just cut the, the burps out. Right. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, but we, what we will do is we will come up with the number one song in that category <laughs> through a completely valid and scientific method. It will empirically be determined to be the best. So if anybody like ever has an argument with you about the best song of a certain kind, you can just point them at this podcast and say, see, they proved it. This is best. Can't argue with us. What are they going to do? I don't know. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them, so, Larry. Right. This, this podcast gets the explicit tag. Oh, yeah. My apologies. Why are you apologizing? We totally get the explicit tag. We're well, I don't want to be too explicit. I, I don't fucking no. care. Anywho. Okay. All right. So, well, hold on. So, let's talk. Okay, this this season, we're going to call it a season. We have a dog barking Tis next door. It is the season to be jolly. And the dog is barking next door. Bark, 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 bark. I'm editing most of this out. Just kidding. So, this season is 80s New Wave. And um, did I send you the little blurb? We looked it up. Okay, so the New Wave genre. The New Wave genre was something that came about in the mid to late 70s. Uh, it was bands that took, like the rock sensibility that was out there you know the bands that were they were drums bass guitar singers it was rock and blues based music um but there were bands that took that and made more accessible music more more pop music uh, often adding synthesizers to an extreme end towards the end of the whole new wave era mm -hmm. but they would add synthesizers so and it was like a branch from like the Disco. Yeah, definitely had disco yeah. influences uh, and that, but it, it's like uh, disco rock. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was something that was uh, pop rock accessible with um, some, you know, blues rock sensibilities, but also with the advancements that were going on with musical instruments. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm going to say that's not an advancement in a musical instrument. We heard something, and it was like in a distance, this really weird amplified music, but it wasn't like it. It must have been from a vehicle. But at first, I thought I heard like screeching of tires yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know what kind of music that was. I don't either. I can't. It, it's not 80s new wave. That's for yeah. sure. So I think what we're going to do, though, is, um, well, do you have anything to add about, like, you know, the new wave, new wave era? I mean, I was I was in elementary school when new wave technically got started in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even thought of. No. Well, you might have been thought of in that sense of maybe someday I'll have a kid. I started middle school in fall of 1980. And so the 80s new wave was something that like I definitely lived through and all the way up into like the whole synth pop and electronica stuff that kind of came out of that. Some synth considered to be part of the new wave scene, but it's definitely iconic. I, I want to say early MTV had a lot of... It seemed uh, like early MTV was all about new wave. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that... Because, well, I mean, not to interrupt, but I'm going to. <laughs> um, most of the new wave that I like came from, like, 82, 83, 84, yeah. 85. And right. what was it, 84 that MTV came on board? No, no. M 80, uh, I thought it was 1984. No, 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 no. It was. I think it was 1981 was the first broadcast of was MTV. It? Yeah. Am I crazy? You are crazy, but not for this reason. I don't know reason. why I thought it was 1984. Well, because... MTV started on the East Coast, I believe, of the United States, and um, you didn't have regular access it, access to That's it here on the West Coast until about 83. And I started watching music videos when I was 
itty bit. I remember. Uh, uh, I've had to start with VH1 though because my mom told me, you know, like that MTV had inappropriate stuff on it. Right. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch MTV until I was about seven. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I remember watching like Friday night videos on whatever channel. Like something like USA, but not really. No, because we didn't have cable. It wasn't over the air broadcast. Right, but like a, a late night kind of Yeah, thing. it was a late night Friday night thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, I think MTV, when they first got started, they had a lot, a lot of new wave. And I think part of it is because new wave act were into the whole music video thing. It was, a, it was, it's not that it was brand new, but it was definitely a new way to present music. So the whole new wave movement and MTV kind of went hand in hand. So 80s new wave. Well, do you have your list? I do. Okay. Oh, you were looking up something else, though. Oh, no. I was actually looking up... Um, MTV was launched August 1st, 1981. Okay. That was 36 years ago. Oh, geez. I'm old. Yeah. It's so cute how it says, Formerly called Music Television, 1981 to 2010. It's so sad. If you think about it, because it, it started as Music Television. Yeah. And... Basically, it was like, it was no longer music television. It was music and some fake reality TV series and some <coughs> weird catfishing this is teens. Right. And, you know. This is totally unrelated to 80s New Wave and our song challenge tonight, but I'll throw this out there. The fault of, let me rephrase the statement. The reason that we have shows day that the are reality TV that are of the quality of things like Jersey Shore and The Apprentice. Wife Swap. Wife Swap and Honey Boo Boo or I don't know. That wasn't Thank called you, Honey MTV. Boo Boo. One specific. Real world. No. What? Remote control. Oh, yeah. Remote control totally changed it. Remote control was the first non-music video programming that MTV ever did. Now, granted, that it was a game show that featured music videos and music clips. But it was... But it was not let's listen to songs. It was let's watch a game show. Mm -hmm. When they had success with that, then they branched out. Real World came about. It was a hit. They call it reality TV. Producers call it unscripted television because it's not reality by any stretch of the imagination. So it's all remote control's fault. That's the problem. And by unscripted, they really mean they have like producers on site and they're like, well, you guys are fighting right now, but could you just kind of build it up a little bit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no script, but it's, it's directed. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's directed, it's produced. It's it's absolutely made. Done. Now, I know that you were trying to like, you know, flirt with her and make her feel uncomfortable, but I think that what we really need right now is for you to make her so uncomfortable that there's like a sexual assault claim here and then you get kicked out. <laughs> oh God, I know, right? And that's the sad thing. They do things like that. Which, I mean, I'm not trying to, to say, you know, that sexual assault is a joke or... Well, absolutely not. We, we It's just, that's how things work, unfortunately. Yeah, that's how things work in that industry. All that said, let's get to the lists. Um, I think what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go over our lists and talk about the songs that we've brought to the table, as it were. Yep and um, discuss them, present them, give you a little bit of information about them. This is a bonus episode, by the way. Oh, they're all bonuses. No, but I mean, we had previously mentioned that we weren't going to probably be recording until next year. Right. And then I had the fabulous idea of saying, hey, let's drink tonight and record some shit. And since I will very rarely turn down an opportunity to put a mic to put a microphone on myself and talk <laughs> into it, of course I'm like, okay, Plus, all right. We have a lot to say, I think, as far as the songs that we have accumulated. Well, yeah, I think this this. Per this particular <clears throat> music category is kind of a, a personal one to the both of us. Well, there's too much. Like you, oh you my don't gosh. think. Okay, you think about all the one-hit wonders, and so you kind of. Uh, it, it's hard because it's like, oh, well, there was only so much of, of new wave bands. Yeah, but then when that's not true. when you really dig into it, it's like, no. There's so <laughs> many. Like This if, is a branch of this genre and that genre. And this yeah. is a super group from these genres of yes. bands that had nothing to do with new wave. But it they just happened to make music that went all over the board and happens to be well, you know, I something mean, that pops out. You go I'm to losing the, my voice. Yeah, <laughs> if you go to the source of all human knowledge, that is Wikipedia, and you search list of new wave bands, oh, the list goes on mm -hmm. and on and on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, so, yeah, the point being, definitely, this was a difficult one for us to each come up with 
16 songs that we wanted to bring to the each 16 songs each that we wanted to bring to the challenge because yeah. they're going to go head to head and we we made up alternates because we figured that we would probably put the same songs yeah. on our list surprisingly we only had three overlaps yeah surprisingly so, yeah it was very and, surprising. and then of course it's like there are there are plenty of good songs yeah. that deserve to be there uh one of the alternates was take on me by aha yeah but it's like don't put that on the list because you know that's gonna win <laughs> it's not gonna <laughs> or win or you think maybe it won't but then depending on the randomizing mm -hmm. you never know and right it's, and that's such a good song and and everybody loves it and yeah. i always get kind of teary-eyed when i hear it but whatever well i'm weird i get teary-eyed because i don't know how any human being can possibly sing that high oh god well you it's know what beautiful <laughs> Until Mariah Carey. Hashtag in Norway. Right. No. <laughs> un until Mariah Carey, I don't think anybody sang that high on an album. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally making stuff up. But she has a, a oh, yeah. world Mariah, record. Mariah Carey has a world record, and for, she deserves for, it. She is. I don't know how many. I'm, I'm not a Mariah Carey fan, but I have to say she is so yeah. talented. It's not even funny. She sings really, really well. Okay. So let's get to the list. Mm-hmm. You've got the list over there on that informational device that's over there. My informational device is recording us. Alrighty then. I'm so, going to start with my list. Yeah, or I'm going to go back and forth between let's go. No, let's go through your list All right. from 1 to 16, and then okay. we'll go through my list. And without further ado, here is Coco's <coughs> list. All right, so we have number one, It's My Life by Talk Talk. A great band. Yes. And everybody knows that No Doubt did a cover of it. Right. It was released on January 13th, 1984, and it peaked at number 31 in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. That, and, and by the way, that's kind of our standard that we're going to try to use for pairing songs, if we want to talk about them, is the, the Billboard's U.S. Billboard Hot 100. That's kind of the list that we go to. Some songs didn't don't have a rating on that list, uh, or some songs never made it to that list. But so, they did in other countries. Yeah, but so we, if if we don't have a, a U.S. Billboard Hot 100 rating, we'll pull it from something else. But we that that way we you can have an idea of where these songs sit. Um, how long ago was it? It was a couple years ago that there was a a, a compilation album of artists doing a Covers, tribute. right? Yeah, tribute to Talk Talk. Just to, to recognize the influence and impact that they had on the, the music, the, the, the shape of music at that time. So, yeah. so that'll be a good song. And then we have number two, Always Something There to Remind Me by Naked Eyes. That's a sad song. <laughs> My eyes are naked. Mine aren't. I'm wearing glasses. Well, I mean, I'm wearing glasses, but it's clear so you could see. They're not sunglasses. Well, wait a minute. So if I were to wear like a shirt made of clear plastic, <laughs> would I be naked? Yeah. I'm wearing a shirt. Oh, no, I can see your nudity. <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs> okay. So really that song. Um, okay. So Always it was released in January 1983 and it peaked at number eight on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in the summer. That's a top 10 contender there. Originally written by Burt Bacharach. Of course it and was. And Hal David. And it was performed in 1964 by both Lou Johnson and Sandy Shaw separately. Right. It wasn't but a duet. also... Yeah. Carpenters did it. Oh, did they? Yeah. Wow. But I w if I remember correctly, it was like kind of like a medley that they did. Oh, on, so like... On a, yeah. Uh, on, <laughs> on their self-titled album. Okay. Uh, Do we have that vinyl? That has, yeah, of course. Oh. I have every Carpenter's vinyl. You're right. <laughs> no, it's the one with uh, Rainy Days and Mondays. And oh, like okay, that one. But, uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I want to say that it was there was like a medley, or I might be getting it confused with Do You Know the Way to San Jose. Either I love, way. I love that Either song. Either way to San Jose. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> no. uh, uh, foreshadowing. There's the a lot of, of songs that the carpenters did i, that I have frankie goes record. to hollywood as a band on our on my list uh -huh. and they did a cover of do you know the way to san jose mm -hmm. i love it it's cute yeah i love it okay go ahead so that was number two that was number two number three on your list is now this one i think is going to be something that is going to be a song that pulls through to the end Send Me an Angel by Real Life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it was released in November 1983 in the U.S. Yeah. It was also re-release in 1989. 
Yeah, I think it was 89. Yeah, so it peaked at number 29 in 1984, number 26 in 1989. So it did better the second time it was released. Yes, yeah. by three spots. Yeah. And it has been covered by many bands. My but favorite cover being by Zero Mancer. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's a, such a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> Zero Mancer is such a cheesy band, and I love them so but much. But you know, that's a cheesy song when you think about it. So okay, so I don't remember the movie. It's kind of perfect. I don't really remember the name of the movie, but there was this movie that was done. Uh, it was about BMX bicycling racing. I know what you're. You talking know, the, about. yeah, and like at the. At some part in the movie, they sh it was like a montage scene. And it was to that song. It was to that song, yeah. and these guys were all doing all kinds of freestyle stuff on BMX. It <laughs> was, it was, oh my God, it was I think such you cheesy. showed that to me on YouTube. Or maybe or I did. no, Bradley, maybe? Oh, yeah, it could have been him, I think yeah. it came from Bradley. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so cheesy. All right. All right, next one. Another hot contender. Here it is. Self-Control by Laura Branigan. There is no way possible that we could make a list of things that you had input on it that did not include that song if it fit the criteria. I just want everybody to know, know. that that if 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 there's any way to fit Laura Brannigan, put all my chips down on that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if there was any way to put Laura Brannigan into a list, you will do it. I'm gonna find a way. Okay. When was the song released? 1984. Yeah. Peaked number two on Billboard Hot Dance Club. Ooh. Number four on Billboard Hot 100 Ooh. and number five on Adult Contemporary Charts. So it was like, that's kind of like it the, hot. it's like the Triple Crown stuff. And also, uh, I believe it's Raf or Raf. Yeah, yeah, Raf, I think. He was the, it was, uh, he was the writer. He did mm -hmm. an original version. It's actually really good. I, I you know what, I can't um, say that I know the original version. I'm sure I know I've heard I've it. I played it for you. Yeah, exactly. I'm but it's just, I, you know, I think that I understand exactly why someone heard his version and thought, we need to do a version because that shit's going to rock. Not really rock. <laughs> because yeah, it's yeah. not too much rock in here. True. So, yeah. All right. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs ever. Ever, uh, yes, ever. I know. Ever. I know. Ever. I know. All right, number five. Things Can Only Get Better by Howard Jones. I am such a Howard Jones fan. I love that song. Oh my God, And it's so God, funny because I'm a lot of people don't know the name of that song. Yeah. They're like, what's that song that says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, it's not by Keanu Reeves, that's for sure. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so what are the stats on that song? Stats are released two days before my birthday in 1985. So February 9th, in case you forgot for some reason. Uh, I did not forget, but the <laughs> listeners now know that your birthday is February 11th. Yes. It peaked number five, Billboard Hot 100, mm. and it peaked at number 54 on the R&B charts in America. Yes, and that is an important fact because in the 80s for a white guy from the UK to hit to, the R&B charts to hit the US R&B charts yeah. that's I mean that's some, that's that's genre crossover right there like you don't think about that it is until it's, you it's read and super genre crossover right there so yeah. well I mean I'm a, like I said I'm a huge Howard Jones his first album though was my favorite of his I really love this album conditioning it's just or no Humans Lib conditioning Welcome to Conditioning is a great song off that but Humans Lib Great album. So, yeah. All right. Continuing on our list. What are we up to? We're on number six. Oh, ten more to go. Mm-hmm. Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears. I loved that song. Do, I do, loved do, that do, music do, video. Do, do, I had do, a crush, do, do, and I can't do, re... I, I don't... I, you know, I can't I remember his name either. I always fail to remember the names of these dudes, They're but... They're just dudes. You don't need to remember their names. I, I, it's like... I don't know. I, I had a crush on him because I like how they portrayed him in the video. He wasn't like a creepyish no. kind of douchiest kind of going after the sexy chickiest. You know? <laughs> How many eists can we really? <laughs> I don't know, but it was just like he. It was almost like I mean, it's in a freaking library. Yeah, I know. So I like that. A lot of things were. Uh, it was like you know, I like you. I've been coming here for a while. I have feelings for you. Mm -hmm. 
uh, will you go on a date with me? Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. But Nerd. It w- it, <laughs> but it was it was yeah. normal. It yeah. wasn't like he was trying to look like a bad boy or a super souped up dude in a, in a suit and you know. Yeah. It was just it was comfortable. Yeah. And it wasn't exactly. over the top. Yeah. Uh, did we get the data on that song released and whatnot? Oh, I spent so much. That's time okay. No, you're talking about, about it. It. you're selling it yourself. It was released in 1985, and it peaked number three on Billboard Hot 100. Wow, another top ten contender. All right. All right. <laughs> Here's another one. Yeah. Dance with me. Ooh. By Lords of the New Church. Yeah. See, you didn't know that. You didn't see that one coming. Basically, you got a new romantics band broke into the new wave scene. A super, super group. group. <laughs> they were a super group. It yep. was, uh, gosh, people from the Damned, people mm-hmm. from the Dead Boys, mm-hmm. both bands that started out as punk bands. Yep. And got into the goth scene, the new romantic scene. Yeah. It was just like the the, the underground. Yeah. The whole post-punk underground yeah. thing. Which and that's the thing too. To uh, actually, we didn't talk about when we talk about new wave music is there was a great deal of post-punk influence. Mm-hmm. A lot of these bands really were like in the late '70s. A lot of post-punk bands started writing music that was more pop than punk, and so that it. it pushed into this scene so yeah um and which i want to say as a side note a lot of people think about the 80s and like new wave and alternative music and you know how soon is now by the smiths right great song but as most smiths morrissey fans know morrissey would not want anything to do with the title or label of new wave oh yeah so that's why i left him and the Smiths mm-hmm. out of the list. Well, listener number four appreciates that of you too. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, dance with me. Okay. 1983. All right. Not a top contender as far as the the charts are concerned mm-hmm. because it's number 85. Look out! But the video had some controversy on MTV because there's children involved and bonded. Yeah. Not like graphic bondage, right, right, but right. just like the the content. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, Stiv Bader's was pretty risque. He was. Yeah, he was definitely. He was a, a flamboyant, crude, risque punk. Yeah, he did crazy shit. Looked like a lost boy from uh, The Peter Lost Pan. Boys. Oh. <laughs> no, Peter Pan. <laughs> oh. And then eventually The Lost Boys. Right. But, yeah, it, yeah he, I mean, he wasn't someone that you would say, oh, hey, Mom, this is my new boyfriend, and, and I brought him to come meet the family, you know? <laughs> Well, especially in the 80s, if I went, hey, mom, here's my new boyfriend, she'd be like, I didn't know you were gay. (laughs) That's cute. My mom actually would have said that. My mom would have been, I didn't know you were gay. And then she'd be like, okay, well, okay, well, I made some uh, soup. (laughs) And Yeah, she would say, oh, you need to talk to my cousin Eric. He knows everyone that's gay because he's gay too. You're right. Oh, my gosh. But it's cute. Because back when, back when. you're gay? Do you know? Do you know John? Because John's gay too. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like people they think assumed yeah, that you're weird. gay. You must know this other gay person that I know. I know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, uh, well, that, that's a sidetrack. Okay, so Stiff Bader, not gay, Steve just weird. Baders. Baders. Sorry, I left the S off. Stiff Baders. All right, next song. Next song. Once in a lifetime. Talking mm, head. An amazing song. I got nothing else to say. I got nothing else to say other than that either. No, just kidding. You got release date? I got the release date of February 2nd, 1981. Ooh. And fireworks in the background. Fireworks in the distance. It's not New Year's Eve yet. Jesus. They're they're warming up for tomorrow night. I mean, they did that on Christmas too. And then there's the car alarm. There's the car alarm going off from it. Oh my God. (laughs) I wish you guys could hear this. You probably understand what we're going through though. Next one was, or number 91 on the Billboard Hot 100. And NPR named it one of the 100 most important American musical works of the 20th century. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shape rock and roll. Oh, this is the Talking Heads. Once in a lifetime. Yeah. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yeah. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. 
Same as it ever was. Yeah. I, what is the other line? Oh, this look where my hand was. <laughs> yeah, look where my hand was. <laughs> I love no, that one. I, I was like, where was your hand? I was thinking, um, <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. And I'm like, wait a minute. Where are you then, dude? <laughs> like, where, did you get drunk and stumble into did, the did wrong you house? park in front of the wrong house? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Dave Byrne is really weird, but. Oh, hmm? That's that just reminded me. I have to share a quick story with you. Oh, share away. So, person that does our hair. Oh, okay, yeah. Her sister was uh, having a get together somewhere in the country in Lodi. Oh Lord, so stuck in Lodi again. So, uh <laughs> Do you know that's actually a. I thought that was a city in India too. Um. Go ahead. Anyway, so her and her off on again boyfriend and son show up with a ham ice bags of ice wait our hairdresser's sister she no our hairdresser dresser was going to visit her sister okay so our hairdresser and our hairdressers on again off again boyfriend boyfriend and and our hairdresser's son son. yes one of the multiple sons sons. she has the ham in her arm and boyfriend has bags of ice and son has like two gallons of milk this can't be going anywhere good they walk into the house oh no it's the wrong house <laughs> like they let themselves in and it's like this is not our did they at least give them like ice or milk i or don't something? know the rest of the story oh my gosh <laughs> this is what my mother told me because my mother also has the same hairdresser yeah it's a family affair yeah but it's like, can you, you imagine? This I is not my sister's house. And I don't know where I'm going. My, my sister told me how to get here. And so I'm like, okay, we parked and we're getting out. And just oh open the door if it's unlocked man. so we get all this stuff in oh here. Oh, man, Wrong that's family. classic. <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting my hair cut like in a week or two. I'll have to bring that up. Yeah, you should. <laughs> All right, so next is, and this is number nine. Number nine. We're almost at the end of my list. Almost. Maybe. We're like a little over half. Just barely over half. Our friends electric. Gary Newman and Two-Way Army. Yeah. Which th- at the time, I guess they were just Two-Way Army. Th- they were Two-Way Army, yeah. And uh, but yeah, we were talking about that earlier today. Remember, it's like Two Way Army was that they did all of the songs, but everybody just remembers Gary Newman. Now I have to say I messed up. I thought <laughs> song was 1980, but it's actually 1979. That's okay because nobody even listened to it till after 1980. So it was released May 19th, 1979, and it was a UK number one single June 30th, 1979 number to July one. 21st. 1979. Number one with number a bullet. One. Number one. So, okay, so I want to uh, talk to the whole 80s new wave, and this song is from 1975. I, I, I made a joke in the notes about that. 1979, what? As you and some of our listeners know, for a few years I played in an 80s cover rock band, and we the whole thing was we did 80s songs that was like our shtick and when there was a brief moment when a couple members of the band said oh maybe we could do songs like from the 90s and stuff i said no 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 we're an 80s band we're doing 80s songs well there were a few songs that we did uh towards the end of our tenure where we uh, a couple i think it was foreigner tunes that we did that were actually released in 1978 79 and somebody said oh well this isn't the 80s i said yeah but you know what when were these songs the biggest I like I remember getting a foreigner album in like 83 and it had like yeah. you know feels like the first time and cold as ice and that those songs were hits mm-hmm. so the point being that song our friends electric yes granted it was a 1979 song and it even hit a number one in 1979 in the uk in the uk but by the time that it got to us yes that song endured and was so strong in the united states in the a- early 80s yeah we that's to, when it hit we go to uh, a club in san francisco Occasionally, it's been a while. We used to go every month. I know because they would have a little ditty every month that we every really month. liked. Yeah, but you know, work, family, getting older, getting too tired to stay out till like four a.m. <laughs> yeah, on a Friday after working <laughs> and spending a lot of money on drinks when it's like we could just hang out at home if and we podcast. And podcast, yes. <laughs> Every time that we go to the club and they put that song on, oh yeah, I'm like, okay, cool, because e- everybody knows most it. people want to think about cars mm-hmm. for Gary Newman, yeah, and they don't think outside of that or down in the park. Down in the park, it was I. I had a really hard time picking our friends electric or down in the park. Let me just tell you, but I also didn't want my new wave list to be too dark. 
because eventually I know that we're going to do a darker gothic industrial yeah. something or other. Yeah. And there will be more synth going on. A lot more synth. Whereas New Wave you get synth and some guitars and some mm -hmm. saxophone and dance, pop. When, when we get uplifting to, fun when we get to my list stuff. you'll realize that I think I leaned really heavily on a lot of synth pop bands in the yeah. new wave scene but, yeah you can't really get away from that no can you? well I am a synth pop boy I won't lie all right no. so uh, next one there were a few versions of this song a few but went with the original okay Der Commissar by Felton. a man who is famous for bilingual grunting was famous that's what I said, was famous. Oh, I thought you said is. Was famous like for bilingual... No well, right. Was famous for bilingual grunting in German and English. Released in 1981. Number 10 on the Billboard Disco. Disco. Covered in 1982 by After the Fire. That's the version I'm the most familiar with. Yes, uh, most people are. Which peaked at number 5 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, but... But, <laughs> let me just say right here... <laughs> Again, Laura Branigan comes into play. Your girl. My girl. I have a few girls in the age. This is my white girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the other two are black, and I'm cool. Yeah. I'm so cool with them. You don't understand. I do. Stop talking like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I wish I was them. I mean, one of them's dead, so I don't really wish that, but whatever. Right. All right, so she had a song that was called Deep in the Dark. Mm-hmm. That was on her Brannigan 2 album, I believe. Yeah, it was. It was released in 1983. And she, I mean, basically changed all the lyrics to Dirk Commissar to, I don't know, relate in some ways with her style of writing. Yeah. Yeah. And she made it her own very yeah, much. She, so. she made it her own. And I actually preferred that version mm -hmm. over After the Fires at the time. Yeah, I actually personally I was not exposed to Laura Branigan's version until many years later. I had only ever heard after the fires version. Yeah, uh, I, what's funny is um, I got after that song, uh, Der Commissar, became popular. I got Falco's album. I think it was Falco Three because I mean, why not just number your number your album? And it had Rock Me Amadeus and Vienna Calling and that, um, but it did not have Der Commissar on it because that was on a previous album. So. Good stuff. It is. Next. Yes. In a big country by big country. Oh, it's like my favorite <laughs> Canadian band. Um, so they're a Scottish band. Right. And I didn't know that until I looked up the salient details And uh, a couple days yeah. ago. He thought they were Canadian. Very much so. When I was younger, I thought they were Australian. I don't know why. But well, it's, I mean, at least the accent is closer than Canadian. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, released May 19th, 1983. Number 17 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Could them go. Yeah, it's not bad. No, not bad at all. And, you know, again, it's like one hit wonder. As far as the U.S. is concerned, they might have had more hits oh, in Scotland. Or in Australia. Or Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that song a lot. I don't know what it, I, I I like also that they make the guitars sound like bagpipes. Yeah, that was, in, that was a cool production. Yeah. Uh, effect that would that was really cool. uh so next one is tenderness by general public what number is this on your list number 12 number 12 on the list tenderness yeah can i hum the song in the background do you think like as long as i keep it under like about 30 seconds we're not going to hit get hit for any kind of <laughs> we're not going to get hit with any cease and desist you know because yeah. well I'll, I, I don't know how many listeners we're up to now it'd be great if it was over single digits but i doubt it so uh, tell the song tell us about the song <laughs> was released in may of 1984 mm -hmm. and reached the number 27 spot in the u.s billboard hot 100 it was used in the movie weird science and clueless as well as 16 candles but mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck about 16 candles anyway yeah Hey, that was just like some information that Sid put into this. It was, you know, Sixteen Candles was just another John Hughes flick that takes place in Shermer's, Illinois. I will always remember it as the song that comes on when the credits start rolling for Clueless. Because it was really... I, I don't know that I saw Clueless. Yeah, whatever. I don't know him. All right, and uh, Target eventually used it in a commercial. Oh. And then we have, and this is going to be something that's going to be hard not to send into the limelight semi-pros. <laughs> so you're saying this is going to be a finalist? Yes. 
Okay. Everything Counts by Depeche Mode. Oh, well, yeah. I seem to recall that Depeche Mode songs fare well with us when it comes to voting and supporting them because uh, Depeche Mode my is... My favorite band? It's my favorite band. No, it's my favorite band. It's my favorite band no, as well. No, it's my favorite band. Right. And <laughs> also, not contrary to that, not arguing that point, it is my favorite band. No, but it's my favorite band. Okay, it can be your favorite band as well. But it's my favorite band. All right. Well, tell us about Everything Counts. Released July 11th, 1983. Mm-hmm. Number 17 on the U.S. Billboard Hot Dance Music. That's okay. It wasn't the top 100. It was the dance music charts, but yeah. Live version was released in 1989. Everybody loves that one because the crowd's singing along. Yeah, it was. It was that was the record. No, that wasn't the recording of the Rose Bowl, was it? I thought it was. I thought the... Ro- Oh, you're right. It was. That was the Rose Bowl recording yeah, from the 101 the tour. 101 yeah. Video. Yeah. And it uses a particular wind instrument in the recording. Can you guess which one that is? Yeah, but I can't remember what it's called. It starts with an M. Uh-huh. And it's like a lotica. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with an M and it rhymes with a lotica. <laughs> Trumpet? <laughs> Yes, it's a melodica. <laughs> and Martin Gore has been known to play it on stage occasionally when they perform the song. Well, probably not. It's it, super cute. Yeah. It's like you'd think it would be a toy, mm-hmm. but it's super mm-hmm. cute. I want to say that Peter Murphy did that with Bauhaus on one of their yes. songs. Yes. Um, uh, she's in Parties? Yes. Yeah. She's in Parties. I she's said in parties. yes. Very that was also loudly. a 1983 oh, album. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was it called again? Shit. Was that Press Eject and Give Me the Tape? No, 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 no. It was their last one. Um, uh, their last album was Burning... Not Burning, burning from, from the Inside. inside. Yeah, it burning was from Burning the from the Inside. It was Burning from yeah. the Inside. I, Sky's yeah. Gone Out was before that, and then Burning from the Inside. Yeah. You Number 14. T- Everybody got bonus information on that last one. Number yeah. 14. Mm-hmm. Poison Arrow by ABC. do 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 Yeah. Everybody's going to hear us doing that and go, that's not what the song sounds like. See, but the thing is, if we keep doing it poorly, we'll never get called out for copyright infringement. That's true. So, okay, so Poison Arrow by ABC off of their How to Be a Zillionaire album. was released a few days before I was born, February 5th, 1982. Right. So now everybody knows how old or how young I am. Young, very young, very young. Anybody will recall Sid outed himself when he started talking about him starting middle school in a certain year. Yeah, but nobody knows what year I was born. You just gave up what year you were born. I'm just saying. Future podcast. Everybody knows you're older than me. Yeah. Future podcasts with topics uh, that extend into previous eras from the 80s might prompt me to give my year of birth, but so far it is a mystery. All right. Well, anywho, it reached number 20 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. That was really quiet. Nobody's going to hear what you said. I whispered into my microphone. I'm sure they heard me. I'm looking at this little volume thing over here, and it didn't go very high. 100. That's better. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, what are woods for? Well, no one's listening anymore. Right. But that's not the name of the song. Correct. Yeah. It's Word by Missing Persons. That's right. Not what are words for. Yeah, that's the line from the song. The title of the song is Word. Do you hear me? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a different song. <laughs> no, that's the same song, dude. Was it? Yeah. Do you hear me? Do was, you care? Was that from wh- from that's words? Word. Okay, I'm confusing a different song. Go ahead. Good lord. Slap you in the face. All of her. She I'm going to hit you in the face with a beer bottle. She sounds so strange when she sings. My lips are moving and the sound is coming out. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the problem is she made those strange sounds. Now, again, the 80s. My favorite line. No one notices. I think I'll dye my hair blue. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that line. Now, the 80s cover band that I alluded to earlier that I played in, we did Destination Unknown. Yes. Walking in L.A. is a good song, too. Walking in L.A. is a good song. But I think that Words is better. Words is, is, yeah. Our singer didn't want to try to make sounds like her for Words, so we did Destination Unknown. It was released in 1982 and number 42 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. That's a fantastic number. Just as popular as their other song, Destination Unknown. Dun, dun, dun. But less remembered. Yeah, it's true. Often called, What Are Words For? Are you just reciting the email I sent you? (laughs) 
<laughs> now you're making me feel bad. Okay. Well, so what else we got on your list there? The we, last song on my list. Before you pass me that list over here for me to read my songs. Correct. Number 16. Proceed. It, number 16 is... More Than This by Roxy Music. Yeah. You know, and Roxy Music is actually a pretty underappreciated and underrecognized band for all that they contributed to the music well, scene at that time. Well, you think about like, okay, shit. I mean, you had... Brian Ferry mm-hmm. and Brian Eno. Brian Eno, yeah. Yeah, it was yes. like you had two Brians. Mm-hmm. Brian Eno. And they both went out on their own. Yeah. And like produced and worked with didn't, other. Didn't Brian Eno work with Gary Newman? I believe. I think so. Yeah. Or was it? Yeah, Gary I'm Newman? pretty sure with production work. I think. Right. <clears throat> I could be wrong, but. <laughs> no. But the point it was Peter Gabriel. Yeah, but the point <laughs> being is they both had weird hairstyles. <laughs> the point being is that you had you had some incredible talent in that band, and they were so influential, and they did so much to shape the music scene of the late seventies and early eighties in this new wave scene for sure, and pop music in general. I want to say that Train Spotting soundtrack. Yeah. I want to say that uh, there was a, a heavy influence if not production of brian ferry and brian eno could be just brian eno. that was a good I soundtrack some I, I i'm getting the brian's confused but i know that one of them had a, a big handle on that yeah then there's brian's song who that's sad brian's song it yeah, wasn't it was i thought you said brian's song like somebody named brian's song. no 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 no, no, no. brian's song brian's really sad song. thing yeah. Well, anytime anybody says that this is somebody's song, it's going to be sad. True. Like Annie's song by John Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about the Lonely Man song that they or played at the end of their Incredible Hulk? Tracy's song. Who's Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> by Nelson. <laughs> I don't know that song. Oh Tracy God. Nelson. You know, the, yeah. the, her twin brothers decided that they were going to write a song and record it and, and be like, this is for you, big sis. Oh, now... We get to go through my list, and I hope that it gets all the fanfare and joy that your list did. For my 16 songs from 80s New Wave, we'll start with Don't Go by Yazoo. A.K.A. Yaz. Yeah, all of you fools in America, which is me, I'm a fool as well, know the band is Yaz because I guess there was already a band named Yazoo in the U.S. at the time. Anyway, uh, it was released in 1982. It hit number one on the U.S. Hot Dance and Disco charts in 1982 and number eight on the U.S. Billboard Hot Dance Music in 1999 on a re-release. The song was also used in the video game Dance Dance Revolution 2 on the Wii in 2011. For those people who aren't really savvy, one of the members of Yazoo was Vince Clark, and Vince Clark was a founding member of Depeche. So there's that. Number two, Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode. So there is that. You you have a Depeche Mode song on your list, and I have a Depeche Mode song on my list. I don't think we have. Do we have any other band overlaps even in our list? I don't think so. No. Um, and of course, I've got Yazoo on my list, which is an initial founding member of Depeche Mode. So, you know, it, we didn't put any erasure on it. I almost did. I they're kind of not. Did. They're kind of not new wave though. They no, they're, they're they were later eighties, so well, they were. Well, they weren't so much later eighties. They were. Well, I mean, they were later. In, I mean, the new wave scene kind of started really spreading out and disappearing into other genres by 85, 86. And Erasure was only an album or two into the scene then. Anyway, and I'm trying to recall a song from my list that was played on a commercial. From what? One of the songs that was on my list was played from a commercial. Okay. And I've already forgot which one it was. Right. Target commercial. I remember yeah. a reference to that. <laughs> Just Can't Get Enough was also on a Gap commercial. It was on a Gap but commercial. But it was yeah. with these models and actors or whoever they were on right. the commercial that were singing yeah. along to. And it was kind of lame. Right. And so by kind of lame, I mean a lot of lame. Yeah. So the song was originally released in September 1981. It made it to number 26 on the U.S. Billboard Hot Dance Club Play. Uh, it was the first Depeche Mode single released in the United States. And it was also the biggest Depeche Mode hit in Australia ever, reaching number four there. You know, Australia is a big country. <laughs> Yes, but the band is still from Scotland. <laughs> okay, moving on. Number three. Number three is Only a Lad by Oingo Boingo. Which should have been Just Another Day. Only a Lad is possibly, but I'm not 100% sure to commit to this right now, 
Possibly my favorite band by, favorite band, I can't even talk. Possibly my favorite song by Oingo Boing. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that 100%, but it's definitely one of the tops of the songs by Oingo Boingo that I like. And my favorite is Just Another Day. Yes. Uh, it was released originally 19th of June, 1981. Now, I, I could not turn up any information on the song's chart performance. It just, it was out there. It's a great song. I don't have any numbers on the charts. Number four on my list is Relax by Frankie Goes <laughs> to Hollywood. Uh, it released October 25th, 1983. <laughs> hit number 10 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> the, the, the interesting fact that I turned up on this song was that it made it to number one on the UK official charts while it was under a ban from the BBC from being played on BBC radio or BBC because, television. Hello. That was risque. It was risque, right? I was talking about things that not everybody wants to hear in their Okay, homes. so here's a story about that time in my life when Frankie Goes to Hollywood was a thing. So this would probably would have been around 84, 85. Uh, I and two of my closest friends from junior high, one who now lives in Merced and one who, I don't know where he is living now. I don't know. I think he's still in McHenryville. The three of us were at Brewster Bowl, okay? In the bowling alley, decided to go bowling. You know, we had our parents drop us off. We might have all been staying over at one of their houses or whatever, I don't know. But it was at the time that, you know, of course, Frankie Goes to Hollywood was a big thing. And I don't know if you remember the t-shirts. Frankie says relax. Yeah, Frankie say, well not Frankie says, Frankie say relax. Oh. And then some of them um, would also have below, like it would say small letters like Frankie say, Big letters, relax, and underneath, don't do it. Mm -hmm. There was another shirt, Frankie Say, War, Look Out, having to do with the Two Tribes song, which almost made it. Okay, we're at the bowling alley. Some guy comes rolling by in his t-shirt, Frankie Say, Relax, don't do it. And we commented on it, but whatever. Then probably five, 10 minutes later, another guy comes by, Frankie Say, War, Look Out. <laughs> we're like, ha, look at that, that's funny. <laughs> Two people in the same building. Yeah. That's not the clincher. That's not the kicker of the story. The kicker of the story is this. About 10, 15 minutes later, no lie, someone else comes walking by with a t-shirt that says, I don't give a shit what Frankie say. Oh my God. But it didn't say oh shit. God. It said the S and right. then the, uh, the growl X is what that's called. Yeah. So it was like, that's pretty funny. So yeah. So that was my number four <laughs> song is Relax <laughs> by Frankie. Goes to Hollywood. Uh, number five on my list. Oh yeah. By Yellow. Oh yeah. Released July 11th, 1985. Reached number 51, don't, don't. U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Uh, it gained most of its popularity after it was used in the Ferris Bueller's Day Off movie yeah. in 1986. But I put it on this list because number one, the song is often referred to as the soundtrack of the 80s. And number two, when the band, the, guy, the guys that were doing the music to the band, decided they wanted to have a, vo they wanted to have a vocalist, they literally hired... <laughs> a millionaire industrialist to be their freaking lead singer. The guy didn't need the money. He wasn't some like teenage punk saying, I need... They must have really liked his voice. Yeah, I don't know really what the whole story was, but it's just ridiculous. And you look at the guy now. Remember seeing the video? Yeah. When we, yeah oh my God. It was just like, really? Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's still, I love the song. It's great. Okay, number six. Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Released January 1982 in the U.S. Uh, it reached the number eight in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. The song was written by Ed Cobb originally in 1964 and sung by originally in 1964 Gloria Jones. Not Gloria Gaynor because she did uh, I Will Survive. But yeah, Gloria, you had some salient facts about Gloria Jones. You want to share this with us? Yes, I am. So, like, I don't know if many people know this or anything, but Gloria Jones uh, eventually got with Mark Bolin of T-Rex. Of T-Rex fame, yes. And was the person behind the wheel in the car accident that killed him. Yeah, crazy. Sad. But they did some really cool, like, weird out there music together. And when you listen to her version of Tainted Love, you know, that, that Motown yeah. sound and everything. And mm -hmm. the, sometimes I feel I got to, you know, like, yep. like just... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty silly of me to yeah. do just now. But, That's uh, okay. We, it's all right. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's interesting. And, and 
to think about her being the singer of that song in the 60s and then the 70s roll around and you got this glam rock thing going on and she's yep. doing backup vocals for T-Rex and then eventually her and as you do because <laughs> I mean come on but there's some really good yeah vocals it's there. incredible it's that's like, the you thing know, you get that soulful <clears throat> thing going on with which, like which some of the the very uh, experimental mm -hmm. it sound that that whole like that Motown sound especially the female vocalists from the Motown mm -hmm. sound really soulful just slotted in perfectly behind the glam rock kind of feel that was going on and there, there was it was great T-Rex was one of uh, the influences of Mark what's his face from Soft Cell Mark uh, gosh why am I oh I'm drawing a blank on his name now too uh, Almond Mark Almond oh yeah, yeah 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 there you go thank you very much you're welcome I was like why it was like all these marks I know and they're like what Right. So number seven Whip It by Devo because <laughs> who could forget <laughs> Devo such a new wave band. Yeah. They took Mark Mothers Bond Devo. They took the new wave like thing. Once once they hit the eighties, they said, "Okay, here's what new wave's gonna be." And and one of my alternates was "Girl You Want" by Devo. Also, uh, same album as Whip It. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was released August thirty August thirteenth, nineteen eighty. A couple weeks before my birthday that year, it reached number fourteenth in the U.S. Billboard Hot one hundred. One of the things about it is nobody expected that song to be a hit because it had a non-standard tempo and odd lyrics. Um, the, what do they call the uh, motoric percussion, motoric beat, they call it. Um, the, the way the beat goes with the kick and snare. Mm -hmm. I think motoric is the term that they use. It's very unconventional because it accents both the beat and the back beat alternately. It's, it's odd. So, yeah. Also, if I recall... They were supposed to perform with it on Lily Tomlin's show or something like that back in the day. Could have been. But she was very upset with the portrayal of the music video and, and the girl yeah, with, with the whip, the whip and everything. Yep. So then she refused to yeah, have them on Yeah, she said no because she thought that's what the song was about. And really, the, the lyrics are just kind of nonsensical. They were mm -hmm. really just being silly with them. Um, oh, also as a side note, it's Devo's only top 40 song in the Billboard Hot 100 ever which is sad because i uh, i'm a devo fan i would uh, i don't know i would have expected you know girl you want to be on there somewhere yeah i love that song well it might have made to the billboard's top one hot 100 but it didn't break top 40. i get it yeah number eight coming to the halfway point of my list of 16 is you spin me round by dead or alive Rest in peace. Thanks, Pete Burns, for all you gave us. Uh, released November 5th, 1984. Made it to number 11 in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Pete Burns, was he said that he was inspired by the song I Wanted Your Love by Luther Vandross. I want your love. Right. And also, Little Nell, uh, again, a Motown singer, mm -hmm. uh, singing in a line in a song that says, I'll see you round like a wreck. That's and awesome. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So he took those influences, those Motown influences, and made his own song to it. I mean, because obviously you hear either of those songs, you're not hearing the tempo of You Spin Me Around. You Spin Me Around is way more upbeat, dancey, and everything, you know. There you go. I like it. Yep. All right, crossing the midway point, number nine on my list. She Blinded Me with Science, Thomas Dolby. Released in 1982, reached number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Number five, woo. Because you know what? It's not number one. It's number five, which is good enough for most. You know, it's a clever song. It is. It's got some interesting sounds to it. Well, that's the thing. Thomas but it doesn't strike me as a song that should be the... the the winner of New Wave. Well, we'll see. <laughs> when voting commences, we'll see. Um, the, the thing is, is that Thomas Dolby, to me, he was always just an experimental musician. He wasn't like, it's not like he was the traditional musician that played music within a style and was getting radio play and that. He just was like, I'm writing music that I, he's more of like the artiste the thing. artiste. Yeah. Well, and and the note He's about artistic. The notable thing about this song is that it's like the, the music <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the music video for it, he had conceived and storyboarded the entire music video before he even wrote the song. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either until I read that. So, he had done all the storyboarding in that cuz he had an idea for this video. Then he wrote the song and when it came time to put together the video, he did all the directing himself because he already had it all figured out. That's kind of weird that he he had the video conceived before the song, so. 
One can dream. One and can. And apparently his dream came true. Right. Okay, so number 10 on my list, Modern Love, David Bowie, which I believe that was on both of our lists initially. Oh, yeah. So w when we no, had... No, that was both. I think it was an alternate. Was it? Because we had three duplicates, so then we had yeah. to put in our alternates. Yeah, but, but, but what I did is if we duplicated, I, di I didn't want the song to be out of the list entirely. I took it off of one of our lists and put an alternate oh, in. So I think whatever. This was on both of our initial list. Okay. Came off of yours and an alternate one in its place. So it's here. But yeah, so it was released September 1983. Reached number 14 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Love that man. This is the funny thing too. And, and this is so in line for Bowie. He said that the song, because uh, it, it obviously was from the album, Modern Love. No, uh, it was from Let's Dance. I must have typed this wrong then. It was from Let's Dance. Fine, I'm not arguing with. What I I'm saying is, I must have, album. I must have typed this wrong because I said it maintains the album "Modern Love" in parentheses theme. Anyway, Bowie said that it maintains the theme of the album on which it appeared. The theme of the album being the struggle between God and man. How this song has anything to do with the struggle between God and man, I have no. Clue. I don't know. But I mean, but that's Bowie. <clears throat> I mean, China Girl is on there. Was this was this part of his Berlin trilogy? Did he record this when he was living in Germany? Because I remember like Hold when on. when he got done with the whole like the whole Ziggy Stardust theme and then the the, uh, the Thin White Duke theme and that like because he was like had a problem with cocaine and that and he moved to Berlin. Yeah, but and and, and he was there for a while. He was there for a while. He lived with Iggy Pop over there for a while. Bringing down the wall and all that. Stuff. Yeah, he was living there. Iggy Pop was with him for a while over there and that. And uh, I, I I don't know if this was one of the albums that he because <coughs> he recorded three albums when he was over. He's strange. But this is a genius song. It's a great song. This is... I, I mean, dude, he had Stevie Ray Vaughan performing on the album. Yeah, I know, because he's just like, oh, I'm just going to just he's, pull some He's talent. like, oh, I really like your style. Let me come over here and record some music for Do me. this thing, yeah. Number 11 on my list, related to David Bowie, but not David Bowie, Major Tom by Peter Schilling. Oh, yeah. Released September 24th. 1983, reaching number 14 on the U.S. Billboard's Hot 100. Do you remember that I just said that Modern Love also reached number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100? Uh, the song is unofficially a conclusion or a continuation a of Space Oddity by yeah. Bowie. Yeah. Uh, because and it was also a, a originally in German, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and Peter Schilling had said <laughs> that he didn't like the ending of Space Oddity. That the, He wanted there to be... Yeah, because Major Tom was lost in that story, mm -hmm. basically. And this... This song tells a story of Major Tom, and it kind of it. He's coming home. But it, but it recaps Oddity in the sense that it's like you know something something you know the on the voice the voice on the radio something something and nothing more. It's like you know you, you hear the voice go away. It's like what nothing more. What is it over? Just like in Oddity Space Oddity, it was like Major Tom was gone. You can hear him anymore. But then you hear his voice coming back. This is my home. I'm coming home. So it's the unofficial seat to that song. Beautiful. It's a great song. Um, Nin, next on my list, number 12. I went back to some more like traditional new wave, I guess, in a way that was less synth pop and more rock oriented. And I got You Might Think by The Cars. Dun, 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 yep. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Released dun, in March dun, 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 1984. I think that was the video where it's... Um, but yes, oh, so the video. video for You Might Think. Okay, right. so Rick Ocasek, yeah. his soon-to-be wife was the chick that was like the little miniature Oh, yeah, that's model. right. Um, uh, I think they met when they were... On the set of that video? On the set of that video, mm. possibly. I could be wrong. But yeah, Paul. I think her name is like Paulina something something. Her like, name was mentioned in the article that I was reading about it, and I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's that like, important to me. I think she's a Polish model. Possibly. I could be wrong. Could I could be. always be wrong. Yeah. I'm just going off of what I remember. You usually remember pretty well, though. <sighs> so, yeah, um, that video also was, though, notable because it was one computer of stuff, right? the first videos to use computer-generated graph. Uh, that was the one where, you know, like, you see Rick Ocasek as a fly. Yeah. And you He's see got him. the big eyes with the sunglasses. Yeah, he appears in the video. Also, as a side note, it was a song that... Rick Ocasek actually did the lead vocals on. Yeah, because Ben Orr was always the, the lead ben vocalist. Ben Orr was the lead vocalist for the Cars. Most of the songs that I like about the Cars, it's Ben Orr as the vocalist. Yeah, yeah. Rick Ocasek didn't take over much lead vocals until later in the Cars, mm -hmm. you know, career. <coughs> All right, well, a few more on the list. Number 13, Blue Monday by New Order. 
Released March 7th, 1983, reaching number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot Dance Club Play in 1983. Their re-release in 1988 reached number 68 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting uh, note about that song is that it still stands today as the best-selling single of all times. Mm-hmm. Phrasing was best-selling single. I don't know if it's the most. Well, it's. Selling. I mean, it's. I remember there being some sort of top. Oh yeah, it's sold like crazy about yeah. that recently. And like it's a cool song. I mean, three or four years. And yeah. So right. I would not. I mean, that was like dance cl- uh, any freaking dance club. You. Oh had yeah, that on Blue Monday's there. The list. So here's a so question for you. Here's a question. We all know, and if your listeners don't know, you know now. New Order obviously came out of Joy Div- after uh, Ian Curtis's death. What genre in general would you put Joy Division? <clears throat> Post-punk. Post-punk, yeah. And New Wave is the post-punk projection through rock and punk into pop. So it's very appropriate that New Order was, in fact, a New Wave band that came out of a post-punk band. So it's it's like the literal embodiment of what New Wave. Although they were, I guess, not in their earliest days, but as they progressed through a couple albums, they became so heavily synth-driven. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that. All right, number 14, West End Girls, Pet Shop Boys. Boom. Yes. 9th of April 1984 was released. It reached number one of the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 on May 10th, 1986. (laughs) You're like, so? (laughs) I was just thinking about uh, inner city pressure. (laughs) Mm. Flight of the Conquerors did a fantastic (laughs) take on this, yeah. That was good. That was really good. They'll probably come up in a future season when we do parody songs. Yeah. Yeah. Parodies and pastiche. That's actually pastiche. Pastiche. (laughs) Right. Very fancy word. It is. Uh, Like pistachio, pastichio. Pastichio. So yeah, the uh, the notable thing about this song version that we all hear now and we hear on the radio that reached number one and all that was popular. It was a re-recording of the original song. Now, it wasn't like they changed it completely. It was just re-recording with a new producer, new production and mixing and that. Um, But they re-recorded it from the original version. But it was the original version that was the very popular club track that got them popularity. Yeah. All right, number 15, Sweet Dream by the Eurythmics. I thought you were going to bust into the song, but you're drinking water, so that's not going to work. Uh, released January 21st, 1983. Hit number one in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. That's where it was peaked. So it was also a number one hit. I got... <laughs> I got some... I got, but I... And then... Because the... And then the, can I talk? <laughs> uh, this, you know what? If if people don't stop listening after this podcast, then they're with Am us I forever. Am I ruining it? No, I'm ruining it. We, <laughs> this is an exceptionally silly one. All right. Um, I'm, I'm the comments up. about this song were that uh, Dave Stewart he had made the beats and the musical riffs on the synth and he was playing them and when Annie Lennox heard them she was like what oh you hold my beer (laughs) (laughs) and started doing stuff on another synth playing against it and it was almost like a synth duel they did (laughs) well that's how it was described and that's what brought the song about so yeah but it's a great song I think it's definitely iconic for the synth pop range of New Wave and then the last song number 16 on my list and I'm gonna make this one as the Dark Horse Sleeper that it'll make it to the finals may not make it to Grand Champion though and it is Too Shy by Kaja Gugu Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost put that on my list. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> it was released in January 1983, reached number five in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. This is the only U.S. hit Kaja Gugu ever had, which is why everybody in the U.S. calls because him One Hit Wonder. Because what was his name? I forget what was his name. La- Lamal? Lamal came out. They did the uh, Never Ending Story song. Yes. And that was a hit. Yeah, but, but not that, a, wasn't that wasn't Kaja, Kaja Gugu. That was just Lamal. Yeah. yeah. Um, the point being is that despite the Never fact that they were the, the band was massively popular in the UK ah. but they uh, that was the only hit ever in the US Sorry. so oh my god <laughs> I keep hoping that the lawyers will tell us to cease and desist from that <laughs> but no um, 
Also, interesting side note, Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran was one of the producers on that song. Well, I mean, so that the hairstyles and the makeup. So, 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 so very that's well why the song other. had really good lipstick <laughs> and hairstyles. Because that's Looks great. That's what Nick Rhodes was. Keyboards, pretty boy. lipstick, and hairstyles. Gorgeous. All right. Well, so that's our two list, and I think we should probably call it a night for this one. I don't. I didn't time this because we don't have a timer on the recording. But you're probably well past your interest level, and you probably shut us off by the time that I burped the first. That was before you even started listening. Songs. And it was a very airy burp, so yeah. I'm not proud. I'm gonna sh edit most of this out. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, the next time we get together. We will be into the voting rounds of our songs as they go head to head. And we determine for you what is officially the best 80s new wave song. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so this will, uh, oh, uh, real quick, if you want to contact us, you can email us. It's Sid versus Coco 11, S Y D V S C O C O 11, the number at gmail.com you can email us with questions comments <coughs> uh, opinions about our music our voices our dog Telling don't talk about our dog don't talk about our dog our dog is awesome and we should probably mention that we did recently get an email with a question. we did get an email with a question and, and it's actually something that is just more than a question i think that we would actually 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 basically actually like to respond with it well and i a, think and i with an idea yeah that uh we're gonna probably make a lot of the episode based on that yeah i think so question. so but it yeah well so we'll be answering that in a future uh upcoming episode. so if you have other questions though please send them to us at the aforementioned email address also we are working at putting together a youtube playlist that contains most if not all of these songs so if you'd like to listen to them and see what we're talking about you'll be able to do that um maybe on the next episode if we have that playlist put together we'll see we'll direct you to where you could find it and check it out sounds good you got anything else um nope okay well you've heard the contenders we've uh we've thrown our stuff out there next time we get together to record not only will it be 2018 it will also be some head-to-head -head battling to determine the greatest 80s new wave song of all times ever definitively and i already know first song that's going to win and go into the semifinal or finals or whatever we're gonna call it well there's there's names for these section like well i know that like first song that you have on the table versus my first song that i have on the table i know which one's gonna win out of the two of them okay well we'll see how that bidding goes when we get to that point all right do you have anything else to say no nope. no i'm sid and i'm sid's co-host <laughs> <laughs> just not the answer, not the response i was waiting for okay i'm coke and we'll see you next time peace out <laughs>